0: I'd like to share lessons from a global crisis, from our current coronavirus crisis. There are many uh, humorous lines going around online, posted on on the internet, and humor is in effect an effective and important way to dissipate a lot of the tension that is around. So one good post was, "God, could we please uninstall 2020 and reinstall it again? It has a virus." Not only can we not reinstall 2020 again, but if we believe that the Almighty has a hand in running the world, we trust that there is a reason why this is all happening. That doesn't mean we know why it happens, but because we're not prophets, and we can't possibly comprehend the reason. God's ways are not known to us, The Talmud tells us even Moses, the greatest human being, wanted to know the reasons why tragedies occur in the world. And God said, simply, you cannot know, man cannot see me and live. But we can attempt to look at what lessons we're meant to learn from this global upheaval. I'd like to share some thoughts about how we can respond to these challenges. In a letter from March 13th published in Jewish newspapers, Rabbi Chaim Kanievsky, one of the leading sages of our generation, tells us that there are three things we need to work on as a response to coronavirus. He says we need to work on humility. We need to work on giving in to the needs of others, conceding to others. And we need to work on not speaking negatively about other people, avoiding gossip. I'd like to share some thoughts about why these might be the three things, the three personal qualities that we are meant to focus on. So the first lesson of humility is to internalize the fact that we are not in control. With all the many technological miracles going on in the world, AI, mapping of the human genome, genetic engineering, quantum computers, it is incredible that we cannot Still, control a microscopic virus. We're all carrying in our homes. Healthcare workers are soldiers on the front lines. Tens of thousands of people ac- across the globe have died. The world is shut down, and we cannot marshal all our resources of science and, fi- and the finances to defeat it. And there's a powerful message. The powerful message is that we are not, man is not the measure of all. And in the early 20th century, the hubris and the power uh, being bantered about and that is uh, developing in the hands of few, with all of this, our tradition gives us a very powerful message. It tells us, don't think that my strength and the work of my hands is what has produced this wealth. That's Deuteronomy 8.17. In other words, we make our effort, but we are not the final determiners of how the world will be, of how our lives will unfold. And we believe that the Almighty is the only ultimate source of power. And so that lesson is that there is something beyond us. And that's a lesson in humility, to temper our own sense of ourselves and to notch down the hubris with which we plow forward into all sorts of accomplishments and the way we run the world. So the Almighty is teaching us to temper our pride and our sense of empowerment. The second lesson we need to learn is that we are all connected, the entire globe, all of humanity. And as such, we are responsible for each other as well. The famous teaching in the Torah, Love Your Neighbor as Yourself, goes even one step further in the Talmud, and it tells us all Jews are interconnected with one another. Kol Yisrael Arevin ze Another possible reading is all Jews are guarantors for each other. This is in the Babylonian Talmud, Shavuot 39a. And it's the reason why we can do a mitzvah on behalf of another person. I can say kiddush for other people, even if I'd said it already, because my own obligation is not fulfilled if other people's has not been done as well. I am accountable for the welfare of those around me. And this is on a level of our people, and it's on a level of the entire globe, all of humanity. Our sages tell us in The Ethics of the Fathers, 3.14, that God loves all human beings. And as such, the implication is that we must love them as well. We have to look out for all of God's children. That is part of our role. In fact, the Torah tells us as a Jewish people, we're supposed to be mamlechet kohanim. We're supposed to be a holy nation that serves the world and helps elevate the entire world. So we're being challenged to live out this teaching of global consciousness in a very extreme way. We're being asked to shut down our lives, isolate ourselves in our home, for many have lost their jobs and financial hardship has come about, seclude ourselves with only our families, some people even totally alone, in order really to save other people's lives. We're being asked to put our personal freedoms and desires aside for the sake of others. And yes, we do realize if we socialize, there's a danger to ourselves. But we understand that the real danger is to the older people and to the immunocompromised. That is the real danger that the world is looking at. So some people across the world are pushing back and they're saying, well, what about the economy? And yes, the economy is important and the financial hardships are very real and the danger of a depression is very real, of a worldwide economic recession. But here in Israel, there has been a very clear and unwavering message. Jewish values call on us to isolate. Otherwise, we are putting people at risk. We are putting others at risk the elderly, the immunocompromised parts of our community. And the lives of all people of our society come first. Now this message is so important of global connectedness because in the beginning of uh, this century, the crisis of global warming and of countries still only looking after their own self-interest and not looking at the world from a global perspective has not changed. And it needs to change. Our attitudes towards the environment, our attitude towards sharing of wealth, we know that there are fundamental changes that need to be brought about in the world. And so as this crisis begins to abate, hopefully we'll have learned that all mankind now needs to be responsible for each other, not just to work together, but to look out for each other. Because we can no longer say that a virus on the other side of the world is not my problem. In fact, in the countries that got the virus under control, Hong Kong, Shanghai, Taiwan, they've seen a resurgence because of people Coming in from abroad. And they have to have a new series of shutdowns to address that. So the world is going to have to work together on this. Now, as Jews, we also remember, we also have to remember that there's a delicate balance of having a global consciousness and global caring, all the while not forgetting that we keep our distinctly Jewish identity and values. Global consciousness does not necessarily mean loss of national consciousness, and both can live together. So, as Jews often, we have to make sure to keep to our own distinct values, such as the absolute value of human life which many of the world ascribes to but not necessarily in the same way so this idea of putting others before us rabbi kanevsky emphasizes that in our day now when we are uh, spending weeks and weeks and sometimes months perhaps with those around us with our family with our roommates whatever the situation may be we m- it's easy to get on each other's nerves and it's easy to uh, not get along. And the solution, really, the answer is to work on this quality of putting others' desires before ours. And so if someone pushes our buttons or is doing something that annoys us or is doing something that, you know, we want to quiet and they want to watch a movie we say, you know what, I'll put my own desire aside for that which the other wants. That's the first step towards consciousness and caring for others which needs to become a global movement. Okay, Our third and final teaching is to think about why have we been isolated from our friends, from our communities, some of us from the elders in our family, parents or grandparents, and even our synagogues, which are closed down. So we actually do find social distancing in the Torah under the laws of the Mitsorah, usually referred to as the leper. If a person contracted this disease, tzarat, they were sent out of the, which is a type of skin disease, they were sent out of the camp for a minimum of one week. And our sages explain that this is a a uh, spiritual ailment which has a physical manifestation. And the spiritual cause for that ailment comes from Loshan Hara, from speaking negatively about others, the Talmud in Arachim 16a tells us, from putting others down, from gossip, or even rolling our eyes, dismissing someone. This happened in the Torah to Miriam when she criticized the action of her brothers Moshe. And uh, she contracted this, this condition and was sent out of the camp. And the lesson seems clear. If we speak Ill of others when we're socializing, if we gossip about our friends uh, or people in our community, then we no longer deserve to have the privilege of those social bonds because we're misusing them. And so isolation can teach us to reflect on what is the nature of our social contact. How can we make sure that it stays positive and is not negative or destructive? So we have the three lessons to be learned from our global crisis. The lesson of humility and for man to temper his ambitions. We have the lesson of Deferring to others, of putting our own desires and needs aside for those of others. And that's really the meaning of unity and, uh, and a global movement, is that people give in to each other and find the middle ground and compromise. And the third one is how we project what we talk about, how we talk about others and not causing destruction through our social contact. And if we can take these three lessons and internalize them, then the potential is incredible. People sometimes ask, with all of the upheaval going on in the world, and with uh, inconceivable a couple of months ago, that the world would be simply shut down. And in the face of that, many Jews ask, is Mashiach coming? Is this a sign of the Messiah? The enormous upheavals going on. And in a sense, what they're hoping for is a silver bullet. They're hoping for Mashiach will come and solve our problems, solve the immediate problems, create a better world, and bring the world to where it needs to be. But really, is that not looking at it the wrong way, where we're looking for Mashiach to solve our problems? And what we've just seen is really, we are being challenged for us to change, And the real question is, will this upheaval lead us to become different? Will it lead us to become better people? Will it lead us to build a better world? And if we use this experience to think about our lives from a new perspective, and when things open up to not just go back to business as usual, then hopefully it will be an event which helped us to internalize these important messages of humility, of caring for others, and not causing harm to others. And if we do that, then we have the potential to bring about this ideal world, this world of peace, this world of harmony, this world of the Jewish people actualizing their potential. And so really, it's up to us to get to work. And if we do so, then maybe a different, more loving, accepting, supportive, socially conscious, worldly conscious world will emerge and God consciousness will be able to come out of this devastating tragedy.